It's Friday, February 3rd, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Google Talk Daily. And uh, I know we're looking at another judgment oracle today, this time a prophecy against Moab. And you might be thinking, man, I'm listening to these devotionals to be encouraged, to be inspired. And this is so dark and difficult and violent. And, and I know, I know it is. But, but we have to see, we have to see God's answer to sin and injustice. Sin and injustice are a wickedness that must be eventually destroyed by a just and loving God. And, and that's what he does, and that's what we get a glimpse of through these prophecies. We're looking at two chapters of Isaiah today, um, 15 and 16, as it contains one prophecy against Moab. And in the midst of that prophecy, a statement about love that really is shocking. And that's where we're going to focus most of our energies in the devotional portion. Let me read for us first these couple chapters, and then we will dive in together. Isaiah chapter 15, starting in verse 1. A prophecy against Moab. Ar in Moab is ruined, destroyed in a night. Kir in Moab is ruined, destroyed in a night. Dibon goes up to its temple, to its high places to weep. Moab wails over Nebo and Mediba. Every head is shaved, every beard cut off. In the streets they wear sackcloth on the roofs, and in the public squares they all wail prostrate with weeping. Heshbon and Aleela, they cry out. They're voices are heard all the way to Jehaz. Therefore, the armed men of Moab cry out and their hearts are faint. My heart cries out over Moab. Her, her fugitives flee as far as Zoar, as far as Iglath Shalishia. They go up to the hill to Luhith, weeping as they go. On the road to Horonaim, they lament their destruction. The waters of Nimrim are dried up and the grass is withered. The vegetation is gone and nothing green is left. So the wealth they have required and stored up will carry away over the ravine of the poplars. Their outcry echoes along the border of Moab. Their wailing reaches as far as Eglam. Their lamentation as far as Be'er Alim. The waters of Demon are full of blood. But I will bring still more upon Demon, a lion among the fugitives of Moab, upon those who remain in the land. Chapter 16. Send lambs as tribute to the ruler of the land. From Selah across the desert to the mount of daughter Zion. Like fluttering birds pushed from the nest, so are the women of Moab at the, at the fords of the Arnon. Make up your decision, Moab says. Render a decision. Make your shadow like night. At high noon, hide the fugitives. Do not betray the refugees. Let the Moabite fugitives stay with you. Be the shelter of the, from the destroyer. The oppressor will come to an end, and destruction will cease. The aggressor will vanish from the land. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it, one from the house of David, one who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. We have heard of Moab's pride, how great is her arrogance, of her conceit, her pride, and her insolence, but her boasts are empty. Therefore the Moabites wail, they wail together for Moab, lament and grieve for the raisin cakes of Kirharasheth, the fields of Heshbon wither, the vines of Sibma also. The rulers of the nations have trampled down their choicest vines, which once reached Jazer and spread towards the desert. Their shoots spread out and went as far as the sea. So I weep as Jazer weeps for the vines of Sibma. Heshbon and Eleela 
I drench you with tears. The shouts of joy over your ripened fruit and over the harvest have been stilled. Joy and gladness are taken away from the orchards. No one sings or shouts in the vineyards. No one treads out wine at the presses, for I have put an end to the shouting. My heart laments for Moab like a harp, my inmost being for Kir Hadasheth. When Moab appears at her high place, she only wears herself out. When she goes to her shrine to pray, it is to no avail. This is the word the Lord has already spoken concerning Moab, but now the Lord says, Within three years, as a servant bound by contract would count them, Moab's splendor and all her many people will be despised, and her survivors will be very few and feeble. Another difficult prophecy, this time for Moab, another enemy nation of Israel. But in the midst of this, there was a call from Moab to, to take refugees from the destruction and to send these refugees somewhere. And the answer is, the oppressor comes to an end. I'm done with the oppression. I'm done with the violence. The destruction ceases. The aggressor vanishes from the land. In Christ, we don't bring our violence. We don't bring our sin. It is put to an end. It is done. But notice this striking statement of love. In the middle of this, this sweeping indictment of Moab and the, destruction, the description of her destruction, look at what it says. In love, a throne will be established. In faithfulness, a man will sit on it. One from the house of David one who in judging seeks justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. And from that throne, we hear a lament. It's, it's, it's immediate. We've, we hear about the end of oppression, the end of an aggressor. In throne or in love, someone sits on the throne of David, one who judges with justice and speeds the cause of righteousness. And from then, we continue to hear we continue to hear of the destruction of Moab, but there's a weeping that accompanies it. There is a sadness at the destruction. You see, Jesus does not delight in the destruction of his enemies. We might, in our sin, we might enjoy seeing them suffer, but Jesus does not. No, he loves even his enemies. And while justice must be meted out, there is love and there is mercy from Christ. We are the recipients of that mercy in our salvation. But the weeping, the weeping over the destruction of the wicked is something I think that we should embrace as Christians. It is good to weep when we see evil people receive their just reward. It ought to lead us to weep. What awfulness. We don't celebrate the destruction of the wicked. We weep over it. I weep over you, Moab, he said. I weep as Jazer weeps. I drench you with tears because the joy is gone. The songs have been silenced. My heart laments for Moab like a harp. My inmost being for Kir Hadasheth. Oh, we are a people who weep with those who weep. Sometimes we get it in our heads, well, I know that person's suffering, but they kind of deserved it. Right, they brought this on themselves. And, and there's a sense in which we have to be careful. We don't want to enable somebody in their sin by weeping with them. But, but oh, we weep. 
We weep when we see the destruction that sin brings about. The reason Moab is destroyed is not because they were such good people, it's because of their sin. It's God's just response to sin. We should have received this kind of destruction if not for the grace found in Jesus Christ. And so when we see somebody just destroy themselves by sin, it should lead us to weep, not to celebration. Oh, would it break our hearts? Would our hearts break over the sinfulness we see around us? Would we not gloat? Would we not gloat at the destruction of the wicked, but would we mourn and would we weep? Yes, it is justice, but our hearts should be broken. Brothers and sisters, we we have a tendency to always want to be happy as Christians. That's fine. It's good to be happy. It's good to seek joy, but there's times to be filled with sorrow. The sin of this world and the destruction of the wicked ought to bring our hearts a measure of sorrow and weeping. As God himself weeps over Moab, so we are called to weep over the destruction of the wicked. There may be some opportunity to do that in the near future. I don't know what the Lord is bringing about. Weep over the destruction of the wicked. Let's pray. God, there are times where our hearts need to be broken. There are times to celebrate, there are times for joy, there are times for gladness, but there is also time for sorrow. Don't let us be people who gloat. Would our hearts break at the destruction of the wicked? Would we see it? And would we be reminded that if not for Christ, we would receive that same same response from you? Wrath. So God, speak to us. Help us. Give us tears in our eyes at the destruction of the wicked, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being here with me next week. We've got something a little different next week. It's going to be a reading week. We do this from time to time. I'll explain that on Monday. But until then, that's all from Goodwill Talk Daily. We'll see you next time.